baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is 8.48. Total Information AM, Carol Daniel, along with Debbie Monterey with you this morning. Guys don't talk to guys about guy problems. We just punch each other on the shoulders. That's stupid. To a girl, to a guy, that's like six months of therapy. That is from Ice Age featuring a woolly mammoth voiced by Ray Romano, that other voice. Uh, was voiced by Queen Latifah. It was a fun way to introduce kids and adults to the woolly mammoth. Scientists do believe the last mammoth was killed off by melting icebergs. That makes the discovery of a tusk on the campus of Principia College in Elsa, Illinois, even more exciting. So joining us now to tell us more is the president of Principia, John Williams. Good morning. Good morning, Carol, Debbie. Yes. Yeah. We're really excited. Well, who made this initial discovery and how was it discovered? Well, it was discovered by one of our, by one of our service staff, Mike Toll, and uh, he was doing some work out. We've got a large campus and doing work grading and uh, with his blade cut across some of the ground and noticed what we would call an anomaly, something that didn't look normal or right, got out and looked at it. And we've been training our staff and faculty. To, if you find something unusual, let us know, because we've discovered a woolly mammoth before. And certainly enough, he reported it. And we had the the director of geology for the state museum to come down. And it took her probably a half a minute. She looked at a little piece and said, this is ivory. That's a tusk. You may have a mammoth. Mm. So has the entire thing been dug up yet? What What is next? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we uh, <laughs> located in September. You have to get everyone, folks, to come down. We actually had the University of Illinois. They volunteered their ground-penetrating radar to sort of see, are there other things under the ground? There are, but we don't know what they are. So the first thing we're doing is plotting out, based on this ground-penetrating radar, maybe how large or small the site is. In all likelihood, if it is a mammoth, or a mastodon, could be either one at this moment. It's probably been scattered. It's not all together. And we're building a structure over it to protect it from erosion and uh, other other animals digging it up. We're going to train students, and our undergraduates are going to begin the dig uh, this coming fall. Okay, that leads me to the question, what's the difference between a mastodon or a woolly mammoth? I guess in my mind, they're kind of almost the same, the same yeah. thing. <laughs> they're big, hairy, elephant-looking things. Well, the uh, the woolly mammoth is big, woolly, and uh, he has a whole series of movies out, as you <laughs> let us know. Uh, great PR for him. The mastodon is a bit smaller and looks more like an elephant. It's probably the closest thing to an elephant, so think of it that way. And so it sounds like y- you do know what the tusk, whether it is a mastodon or a mammoth. Well, actually, we don't. The, the difficulty is it's deteriorated so much. Okay. We know it's a tusk. Um, that's the, actually the first thing we need to dig out. And then to do some testing, one of the things is that the woolly mammoth, as you know from the documentary films uh, with Ray Romano, have, have great big curved tusks. And the 
Mastodon tends to have straighter ones, and we can't tell yet by the deterioration. So we're going to do this very carefully and try to plot that, and that may give us a clue. And then uh, some DNA testing. Very interesting. So I imagine you have the interest of of a lot of other professionals now who who want to know what it is, too. So once you have it dug up and it's identified, is it going to stay on campus? Do you put it in a place of honor? Do you have to give it to a museum? What happens? No, no. By state law, these are our our creatures. Um, This is our second one. Uh, Our first one we began, uh, we found in 1999 and completed the dig in about 2014. So it takes a long time to do it. Um, it's probably not going to be a complete animal. The first one, which is named Benny, this is we name it after the person who found it. So we're looking at Mike now, but Benny was the first one. We have the head, uh, basically the head block and some of the body parts on display at the college. But we've turned over ownership to the state of Illinois so that the animal will be under legal protection uh, for from now to perpetuity. But we, we keep them on campus and we use them for teaching and uh, folks, when they come to visit the campus, might be able to get a peek at at least Benny. How long will this entire process to map it out, do you think, because you've discovered one before on campus, so you have a sense of how long this might take or does it depend on uh, what is found? Well, it, it first depends on what is found. And the first time we did it, we didn't have all the tools and all the connections that and eventually like getting ground penetrating radar, it, which is very different than uh, other sorts of things for, de- for looking at, at the soil and what's underneath. That one took us 14 years. Um, it's in part because of the weather. When the ground gets damp, muddy, cold, it's really difficult to do it. These are outdoors. We develop and train our undergraduates, bring in state officials and uh, folks from local universities and around the country to help. So it it could take quite a while. The head block for Benny was over a ton because we wanted to keep the soil to keep all the parts together. And it took forklifts and cranes to lift them and move them. So it's not a simple project. Well, Mike and Benny makes it sound all the more approachable, to be honest. Um, <laughs> what, what we're, we're hoping actually that maybe Pearl or uh, something like something like that. We so so that Benny can have a partner. Oh well, what do we know about what Elsa, Illinois, was like in the time of the mastodons and the woolly mammoths? Where was this a common romping ground for them, or would that be unusual for them to be around here? Um. No, there's actually been quite a few finds of bits and pieces of, of mammoths and I think a few mastodons here in, in this area, in the southern part of the state. It's sort of the front of the ice flow of the Ice Age, so the naming of the movies was appropriate. Apparently, come summertime, when the, the glaciers, so to speak, would start uh, melting, the river valley we have, so Principia is north of, of St. Louis on the Illinois side, and you can stand on the bluffs and look across the Mississippi, the floodplains of St. Charles County, and then the Missouri River. Apparently, the river was originally as wide as that. I I don't know how old you are, but if you're as old as I am, I remember the flood of 1999. And that was what the river may have looked like. Wow. Up to about 200 feet deep at its flood stage. And then I'm told when the dry season came and the colds came, it would be almost a dust bowl. 
And there is one theory that these animals were not killed by other animals, by predators, but by literally choking on the dust. Oh. Oof. Ooh, and indeed. part of what helps... Go ahead. Know, what helps both... Excuse me. What helps both us and... Um, the mastodon, in a sense, or the mammoth, is that they are buried under loess, which is this dust off the Great Plains. And so the digging is not that difficult. We don't have to go into rock. But that gives us a sense. And let's see, we think that uh, given the location of Mike, he was under about 10, uh, 12 feet, originally 12 feet of this loess or this dust. If that gives you any sense of I'm glad climate change happened. It's a little nicer here in the St. Louis area. My goodness. Well, I I, I hope the employee gets a, a pat on the back, maybe even a little bonus or a couple of days off for doing what you asked them to do. And that is, if you see something, let us know, because they could have just barreled right through it. Um, John Williams is the president of Principia College, where they have found a tusk. And we will keep you up to date on this as they dig it up. Thank you and congratulations. Uh, thank you, Carol. Thank you, Debbie. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.